Hello, and welcome to another Church Mission Society podcast. We try and bring together stories from people across the globe who are involved in God's mission so that you can pray, learn, and participate in mission too. To discover more stories, visit churchmissionsociety.org. Churches often prioritise evangelism and church planting in mission and think that creation care maybe is slightly to the sidelines. Um, Well, what we've found in our work in Arosha is that when Christians take the earth seriously, people take the gospel seriously. My name is Dave, and my call in action is helping the church to recover the call to care for God's creation. I was born in India, where my parents were CMS mission partners. So CMS has been part of my life, all my life. And I grew up in a country which has beautiful wildlife, fantastic forests and bird life and so on. And then I came to the UK and I discovered that there's actually pretty good wildlife here. And I discovered mountains and islands, but I never linked the environment to my faith until I had a a kind of conversion moment when I was in my twenties training for ordination and was on a beautiful small island and discovered that there was nowhere to throw away my rubbish. And in the act of throwing my rubbish over a cliff to join the island rubbish tip, I really sensed God challenging me, saying, how do you think I feel about what you're doing to my world? And for me, that was the beginning of a a long journey of learning to care for God's creation. When God first challenged me about caring for creation, it was a bit like toppling over one of those dominoes, which then keeps them going. And for the last 20 to 30 years, I feel my life has been discovering new dominoes every day. And for my wife and I, when this all began, we were just about the point of starting a family. And nappies was probably the first practical issue that we got involved in. Were we going to go for disposable nappies that take hundreds of years to biodegrade and absolutely ruin the planet? Or were we going to pay out a lot more money and buy washable shaped nappies, uh, knowing that it was going to be a lot of hard work as well, getting them washed? But we decided to do that. It was a a big investment of time and money, um, but we never regretted it. And that was the first of what have been almost a daily catalogue of challenges, whether it's looking at plastics, looking at energy, looking at travel, uh, looking at just how we see this planet that God has entrusted to our care. We moved to Southall in 1991. And initially I was a curate in an Anglican church there. And very quickly, I became aware of how living in such a dense urban environment, very overpopulated with very little green space, was having a negative impact on people's relationship with with themselves and with who they felt they were. And discovering a large piece of land belonging to the local council that was neglected and full of rubbish just gave me the beginnings of an idea. What would happen if this piece of land could be renewed, uh, could be cleaned up, could be turned into a place that was good for people, but also good for other species too? Uh, And what if CMS and Arusha could be involved in that project and it could really point people to the kind of God that we believe in? So eventually I moved from being a vicar to helping launch Arusha UK uh, with the support of CMS and uh, left running a church to helping supervise what was initially a team of volunteers in doing a survey of a large piece of land belonging to the local council um, that was full of rubbish but had huge environmental potential 
And that took several years working with the council, working with lots and lots of other community organisations to create a local vision for this site to be be cleaned up and to become a, a new country park and nature reserve. Um, and amazingly, that's what actually happened. It became Minette Country Park, uh, still run by the local council, Hillingdon Council, um, but Aroshi UK worked closely with them uh, in managing that site for wildlife, in studying what's there, and in doing lots of environmental education and community events uh, across that piece of land. Creation care really flows through the whole of the Bible. Um, obviously, Genesis 1 and 2 tell us the story of how God made this extraordinary world. And Genesis 1 finishes with God delighting in it and saying, it is all very good. Everything from mountains to mosquitoes uh, are very good in this world that God has made. And we're, we're part of that. And the Bible finishes with God's new creation, which doesn't mean he chucks away the old one. Um, the Bible talks about God making all things new. So it's a remaking. Uh, it's a renewal. Uh, it's a repair job. It's a recycling of this current creation. So in a sense, the whole scripture is bracketed by God's care for the whole creation. Sometimes when I visit churches to talk about creation care, uh, I can sense a kind of, well, surely this is a distraction from our central purpose as a church, which has got to be all about Jesus. And my answer to that is, well, actually, creation care is all about Jesus. If we say that Jesus is Lord, we need to recognise that according to the Bible, according to Colossians 1, for instance, uh, Jesus is the one by whom and for whom all things were made, in whom all things hold together, and through whose death and resurrection, all things will eventually be reconciled to God. So if we claim to follow Jesus and to say Jesus is Lord, we must care for God's creation to the glory of God, because that's what Jesus wants us to do. So that's right at the heart of it. One of the things I love about CMS um, is that CMS believes in the five marks of mission that the Anglican Communion uh, has supported, which are basically evangelism, disciple making, compassion, justice and creation care. And sometimes we think of creation care as kind of tagging on at the end, a kind of optional extra. But actually, these five are a bit like the fruit of the Spirit in the New Testament. They're all aspects of one thing. And that one thing is the Missio Dei. It's God's mission in God's world that we participate in. So all the marks of mission are part of being God's people in God's world and fulfilling God's mission. And I would say any healthy Christian, any healthy church needs to be involved in all five of the marks of mission. Otherwise, we are not fully showing the mission of God. One of my great privileges and joys working for Arosha International is that I get to visit some of the places around the world where Christians have really rediscovered what it means to care for God's creation. Um, recently, I was in South Africa, um, where Arosha uh, is working alongside a group called Green Anglicans uh, out in South Africa and doing lots of things. And one of the great things that they're doing there at the moment is a big campaign on plastic bags uh, and trying to reduce uh, the number of plastic bags that find their ways into waterways and eventually into the oceans. 
Um, so that's one example. Elsewhere in Africa, um, in places like Ghana and Kenya and Uganda, um, Arusha has been involved in something called Farming God's Way, uh, which is a, something that's come out of Africa uh, as a way of rediscovering what the Bible says about the land, about our relationship with the land and the soil, and about how we should be farming, not in a way that just sees this as an inanimate object that we want to extract things from, but actually sees the land as part of God's creation and respects it and looks after it. Um, but I could tell so many stories about how Arusha is involved in India, in um, trying to prevent human elephant conflict on the edge of Bangalore, a huge city there, uh, or in New Zealand, where Arusha is involved in uh, helping a seabird called the Oi. That's its wonderful New Zealand name, the Oi, uh, which used to nest on this mountain. Uh, but then rats were introduced and they killed all the chicks. And so Arosh is now involved in trying to get rid of the rats from that mountain so that the seabird returns. Um, there are so many stories from around the world as Christians are really rediscovering how we should be caring for God's creation. One of the things that I've realised increasingly as I, as I travel um, is how impoverished our theology and practice here in Europe have become. Um, and one of the reasons for that is that we have separated the spiritual from the material creation that God has made. And in many other parts of the world, that separation has never happened. And people recognise that if you drop litter on the ground, it actually affects your relationship with God. That if you pollute the soil or pollute the air, it affects your relationship with God, that the material and the spiritual are deeply connected. And we need to rediscover that here in the West. Another thing that I've been hugely struck by, particularly visiting uh, countries in the developing world, is how you can have a huge joy without having lots of possessions uh, and rediscovering the importance of a simplicity of life. Not saying that material things don't matter, but saying having too many of them actually clutters up your life, gets in the way of your relationship with other people and your relationship with God and wrecks the planet. And to have fewer things but better quality things is actually a far better way of living. And that's something that I really find almost every time I visit another country. I think one of the biggest challenges that we have here living in the West is that we see our lives as normal. Um, and if you look at the rest of the world, and actually if you look back even to our parents' and grandparents' generations, our lives are anything but normal uh, in the speed at which we live them uh, and in the way they're so cluttered up with stuff. Uh, and the more I've gone on, the more I've come to recognise how that stuff harms us in so many ways. Um, we begin to put our faith in it rather than in God. Um, and it it literally pollutes the environment, but it also pollutes our relationships in so, so many ways. Um, and so we need to rediscover something of simplicity here in the West. And that's a huge challenge because we are surrounded by cultures and a value system uh, that just say you are a consumer, you are what you consume. One of the most shocking statistics I came across um, was that the world's wealthiest 20%, which statistically includes everyone in the UK, consumes 16 times as much resources per person per year as the world's poorest 20%, who mainly live in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, 
And that's a shocking statistic in terms of our impact on the planet and its resources. It means that we're creating most of the world's waste. And it means that we're taking resources that somebody else can't use because the world has a finite amount of resources. Uh, it also means that one child born here in Britain will have the impact of 16 children born in sub-Saharan Africa. So our consumption is a much more dangerous, uh, has a much more dangerous impact on the planet than growing populations in, in, the, in the poor world. So we really need to do something urgently about our consumption levels. When, when I speak to churches and to, to other groups about caring for creation, it's very tempting and it's very easy to terrify people with all the horrific statistics about what's happening to the planet and what's going to be happening, according to the experts, uh, over the next decades. Um, and there is a place for knowing our impact, as long as it leads not to despair, but to lament for us as Christians, to repentance and lament, to actually saying, I'm part of this problem, Lord, change me. But in the end, fear on its own is a really bad way of motivating people to change. Um, it's much better uh, to think about joy and about hope. And for me, the greatest motivating factor in caring for creation is actually just the joy and the beauty of creation. So watching David Attenborough's Blue Planet 2 series has probably done more for creation care than endless documentaries about the evils of climate change because people see something beautiful. They see something that they're touched by and they're moved by and they want to do something to protect it. Um, so for me, that's, that's far more important. And then I think also hope. Um, because sometimes Christians get into the kind of thinking that, well, isn't this world order going to get worse and worse and worse before Jesus returns? But actually what the Bible promises is a message of hope that, yes, there will be judgment. Yes, there will be destruction. But finally, God's plans for the whole created order are plans of redemption and plans of renewal. And so we can have hope for creation because of who God is, because of what Jesus has done. And that hope helps me hugely when I hear the depressing news, when I hear the latest statistics on climate change or pollution or waste, uh, to actually say, well, however bad it is, because of Jesus, we can have hope for this creation. That keeps me going on my bad days. I was really challenged last year by talking to a, a friend, quite a bit younger than me, but somebody passionate about caring for God's creation. And she was admitting that she'd been involved in this journey for five or 10 years, and she'd come close to giving up because she just found it such a struggle. And despite all that she's doing, it didn't seem other people were changing. And it certainly seems as if the planet is getting worse. So how do we keep ourselves going for the long term? Um, one, I think, remember what the Bible promises on these things. So our hope based on the Bible. But two is surround yourself by people, have a community of people who actually are on the same journey as you. Um, because if you've got people who share the same values and who can encourage each other and share their joys, but also share their failures, um, that's actually going to keep you going. Um, I would, you know, my passion, my dream would be that in every local church, in every home group, Bible study group, discipleship group, we are not just learning scriptures and talking to each other about what's happened in our lives, but we're also encouraging each other to care for God's creation more effectively. Um, it's at that small group level and in those relationships that I think it's going to really keep us going. 
There is a danger in caring for creation that it becomes a kind of salvation by works, um, that you start thinking, I'm a better Christian because I recycle more than the other people in my church, uh, that I'm a better Christian because I cycle to work and I don't drive, uh, that I'm a better Christian because I never use a polystyrene cup, or so on. And there's a danger there that we become a kind of eco-Pharisee and that we think that our relationship with God uh, and how good we are depends on doing all this stuff. Uh, and that's dangerous. What we need to do is kind of turn that on its head and say, we do this stuff not to earn kind of brownie points with God, but we do this stuff because we love Jesus. In the end, it's got to be about a relationship with God. How does Jesus feel if I just chuck my rubbish and don't sort my recycling? How does Jesus feel if I just wander around the supermarket and buy whatever's cheapest and don't think about packaging and food miles and the ethics of how animals have been treated? Because Jesus cares about all those things because it's his world. And that's got to be our motivating factor, uh, not kind of thinking that we're better somehow because of what we do. I often find myself speaking in churches and afterwards there's tea or coffee offered and sometimes there's plastic or polystyrene cups. And my heart always sinks when I see that. Um, but I try not to kind of jump down the throats of, of the church because it may be they're just at the beginning of a journey here. Uh, and if they have, from what I've shared, begun to catch a vision that this is God's world and we need to care for it differently, then the practical implications of that need to kind of take root in, in their souls a bit like a seed in soil. And the fruit of that will be seen maybe six months, maybe two years down the line in them thinking about things. If I just say, you must not use plastic cups, they will resent it and they will maybe feel challenged about it. They may even change their behavior, but it will be for the wrong reasons. If their thinking, their theology, their attitudes have changed, then they'll begin to come to conclusions for themselves. And in my experience, that's a far better way round. Often we think the gospel is just about people. Uh, but if I was to give a message to the church, it's to recognise that actually God cared for the whole of creation by making it. He cares for it by sustaining it. And he's going to care for it by transforming it and renewing it. So our gospel, our mission, our work as a church has to include the whole of God's creation and not just people. And that's at the heart of, of what I'm passionate about, about creation care. When we think about the biggest environmental issues, the one that tends to come up first is always climate change. And that's huge. It's urgent and it is global and it's affecting people now and going to affect all of us much more in the future. But actually, I don't think that's the biggest issue. The biggest issue actually is how human beings see themselves on planet Earth. If we see ourselves as separate from nature, then we're going to continue causing climate change, polluting, damaging the earth, over-exploiting its resources. Once we see ourselves as part of nature, part of God's creation, and yet entrusted with its care, that's going to change everything. So for me, the biggest issue is actually how we see ourselves as human beings on God's earth. When I think about what, what gives me hope, um, I'd say it's two things. One is what the Bible promises, God's promises uh, give me hope. The other is every year when I see birds returning from migration to Africa, having found their way 
across thousands of miles uh, back to the same tiny little bit of English countryside that they came from last year. And I think what a miraculous God, what an astonishing creation. And that gives me hope. Nature's resilience and the way that God has put into this world such an astonishing set of principles and uh, wisdom that we are only just beginning to discover. That gives me real hope that with God's help, actually God's creation is going to be okay. By caring for God's creation, we're actually demonstrating a God who cares about everything, who cares about the issues that really matter to people, who care about cares about their lives, their homes, their community, their neighborhood, but also this whole planet and everything that's going on here is, in a sense, it gives people a bigger vision and picture of the kind of God who we talk about. And to combine that kind of big vision of God as, as the God of creation with a God who is yet so personal that he cares for each one of us and that he notices when a single sparrow falls to the ground, that is so powerful in evangelism. Uh, and that leads on to actually transforming what we think our churches should be about. So creation care and evangelism to me absolutely fit hand in glove uh, when we're thinking about mission. Mission is everything that God calls us to do in God's world. So mission includes counting migrating birds. Mission includes picking up plastic waste and not dropping it in the first place. Mission includes choosing to give up meat several days a week, choosing to use my bicycle instead of my car. Uh, mission is everything that God calls us to do that cares for this beautiful and fragile world. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Church Mission Society. For more material, go to churchmissionsociety.org forward slash resources.